0: I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. Or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
1: plus. Look at little Tim Tim sleeping so soundly. Wake up, Tim. My a monster. Don't be scared. Me or eat you monsters lucky lucky you like a safety
0: torch. Put it on your All right welcome back to Fantasy Insanity. Tonight I bring in a popular host of another podcast uh, Tim Torch. He's somebody that I've been listening to recently as he has stepped in on the UTH podcast. Uh, Tim, your work can be found in, in a couple of other places as well. Is that correct, if you want to fill us
1: in? Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I'm pretty busy. I'm, I'm in a number of different spots right now. I I started writing over at Dynasty Nerds. Uh, that was actually my first writing gig with, uh, with them over there. Then I uh, slowly became part of the inner circle at UTH Dynasty with Chad Parsons. Uh, it, it wasn't any type of podcast or anything like that to start with. It was just regular contribution here and there and then he would we had a group chat going on and then kind of organically built up a relationship there and I also have work over at fantasywired.com they've asked me to do a lot of draft coverage r- rookie profiles that type of thing and probably more just actually redraft coverage as we get into the year so definitely definitely a different element versus Dynasty Nerds and UTH. And and most recently, I've actually been, uh, I've had the privilege to be invited to join the uh, Under the Helmet podcast as a regular co-host with uh, Katie Flowers, the other co-host, and obviously Chad Parsons, who just celebrated his 250th podcast.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely get into you joining that podcast. That's uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on kind of talk about that experience so uh before we get into that and i will say i did listen to that 250th episode it was it was very entertaining i don't think you guys could have possibly gone any faster through as many names as you touched on it was definitely a unique uh, a unique show and uh i enjoyed it so,
1: it, it was but, it was a different experience and i i will say <laughs> that that we never really do too much show prep going into a show but that's one where we had to do a little bit of show prep. And I will say that out of the three of us, Katie flower definitely had the the right idea in grouping players versus having uh, <laughs> versus having individual back and forth. She out thought us on that one.
0: Yeah. She's always thinking ahead, which is something I eventually hope to have her on here to talk about is her, her thinking ahead and uh, basically kind of, Telling all the tell the telling all the world what Devi
1: is. When did you actually start
0: playing fantasy football?
1: I started playing fantasy football in 2008. Um, growing up, I never played football. I never watched football. None of it. Um, my father actually, to this day, uh, it bugs him to death that I would never sit down and watch a football game with him when I was little. But now I nonstop watch football, so it does drive him nuts that i enjoy football so much now but at the time it was a really good social mechanism for me Uh, my wife uh, was doing her student teaching out of state i was working in a place where i didn't know anybody so it was a way for me to uh, to meet people it was kind of that first first social interaction that i had at my new workplace so it was a really good way to to get to know people. Year one, I won the championship, my very first fantasy football league. Uh, The following year was when I added my first dynasty league. And just like anyone else in their first dynasty, I absolutely blew it. It was was not a good startup. I I went into it rather uninformed. So so you played
0: a a season of redraft, you won it, and you thought, well, that's fine. That was easy. I might as well go ahead and just... Well, if I'm going to win, I might as well win every year and just dominate a Dynasty League as well, huh?
1: Yeah, that was – I went by all the ESPN magazines. I, I I, think I still remember Michael Turner being one of my sleeper picks. It was the first year he signed with the Falcons. So uh, just one of those lucky go-arounds where you just happen to hit the right guys on the right year when you first start playing, and it works out for you.
0: And then as you start doing way too much research, then you start – picking up players that you like and you and then yeah then that winning doesn't always follow unfortunately right as as easily as that luck of the beginner does does it
1: Right. Uh, that's exactly what happened. I, I started finding myself being a little too early on players. And I, I think that's why I enjoy Dynasty so much is because I would die- I was starting to dive so much into it. I would look at these players and I would see kind of the next level to it. And I would have the backups already on my roster. Well, the problem is the starters would never get hurt. So I'd have all these backups mm-hmm. sitting on my team that, that wouldn't do any good. So definitely the reason Dynasty has has tended to work out a little bit better for me. Than, uh, than the initial redraft years.
0: Yeah, there, there's always next year in Dynasty, right?
1: Yeah, uh, and and I know this is a bigger point, but I, I was thinking about this today just randomly at work, and the difference between Dynasty and Redraft, Dynasty, you're building something. It's kind of brick by brick. You're putting putting together something, whereas Redraft it's kind of a moving target. You can be completely wrong. I'm always reminded of Matthew Barry when he said, take Michael Vick number one overall in your redraft leagues. And he was completely wrong with that. But the following year, he could kind of wipe his dry erase board clean and, and start fresh. Whereas Dynasty, if you miss that mark that bad, then there's it, it, it takes a lot of work to be able to come back from that.
0: Yeah, I... I will have to learn that I'm, I'm brand new to dynasty. This I have yet to play a game of fantasy football in dynasty done a lot of drafting, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of rebuilding on a couple of orphans, but uh, yeah, I'm really hoping that I I nailed the mark on the, on the startups and other stuff. Cause the ones that the orphans that I've taken over were, they're going to be a lot more challenging, but it's a different challenge. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to focus on the enjoyment of that challenge rather than, Yep, I'm just not going to be competing at least yeah. this year.
1: And it's putting it's putting your your fingerprint on it. It's it's taking guys that you want. And I, I was having a discussion with someone on Twitter today, and they kept talking about my philosophy versus people making it their own. I I always tell people that you should try to watch at least a little bit of tape and and don't put the the responsibility directly on the people that you listen to to develop your your philosophy and the players that you like you if you can try to put on a couple of minutes even if it's a highlight reel to see if you can pick out a couple traits you like about a guy big hands if he's fast if he does something a little bit better has that agility Uh, there there's always certain things that that make your favorite player your favorite player like Carson Palmer has always been my favorite player since he played with the Bengals and since he was drafted so I uh uh, he's someone. I, mean, that, I would
0: turn the computer around right now if I wasn't worried I'd lose a wire. But I've got the Carson Palmer fathead hanging
1: on the wall right over there. Oh yeah, I see eighty-five back in, in oh, the background.
0: Yeah, that's, that's Chad Johnson right there yep, as well. Shadow so.
1: Tosinko. I grew up a Bengals fan, and Carson Palmer's always been my guy. So, and and I've always loved him. I've always gravitated towards him. So, so if you even take a couple of minutes and just kind of pick your guys out, that's that's part of the fun of dynasty or even fantasy football in general.
0: Yeah. It, I, it's definitely something that I see myself probably, you know, at least going on to some of the player, you know, the player breakdown websites where you can get, you can get short little clips. I I haven't done that yet because I just haven't had the time, but it's definitely something I I feel the draw to. And I, I, I'm sure at some point I will not be able to uh, avoid it, and I'll go ahead and give in on that as well. And then that'll just be another part of the addiction, unfortunately, right. or or fortunately, depending on how you're looking at it. So, so once you started playing in, in Dynasty, you know, at what point then did you actually decide, you know, well, I do want to do a little side project of this writing. It, it is something that will entertain me. What what made you want to do that?
1: It started about three three years ago um, I had, I had a championship roster and um, I, w- I wasn't listening to much in terms of podcasts or anything like that on dynasty specifically, because let's be honest until the last year and a half, two years, there really wasn't too much out there other than DLF and UTH. I mean, anymore you look around, you see, you almost uh, there's throw a, couple a hat. Of, there's a couple of them out there now. Yeah, there's a couple of them, but uh, I, I had a championship team, and I looked at it, and I decided it was it was starting to get on the old side. It, it was a really nice roster. It was the same year that Gio Bernard was, uh, was drafted. Uh, I won the championship that year. I had Demarius Thomas, A.J. Green, Des Bryant. Uh, I had Travis Kelsey on a taxi squad. But I just took the whole team, and I decided I wanted to blow the whole thing up. I, I wanted to start from scratch, start from square one, and see what I could do with it. And as soon as I did that, that's when I stumbled across UTH Dynasty uh, as my very first podcast to kind of intro me into Dynasty. And when I heard Doug and Chad talk about how they choose to build their teams, I instantly um, – that's, thats I always say that's where I call home. UTH is, is my home where I really learned the basics to my dynasty philosophy. So I did. I blew the whole whole team up, and the team I, I think stacked would be an understatement for that specific team. I got two first-round picks for, for, for each of those wide receivers that I just named. I got another future first-round pick for Gio Bernard and a couple other assets. That team right now looks like Carson Palmer is obviously my – quarterback with Philip Rivers, but I have Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Matt Forte as my running backs. I have Mari Cooper, Allen Robinson, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins. I I have a massive uh, wide receiver core. And then I I will say tight end is definitely the Achilles heel because last year I was rolling with Ben Watson, Uh, but it it won't be too hard for me to to fix that up. I have Kevin White on my taxi squad in that that team huh. too so it's it's one of those teams that that i picked the right time to blow up because it was with that 2014 draft class mm-hmm. but at the same time it was uh, a really good learning lesson on why you build that way uh, last year was year two after the rebuild and i was already in the championship game this year i obviously go into the season as the the favorite to win
0: who in the world is in this league with you
1: It's a 14 team league. So, so to say I was steam, I was uh, 12 and four, maybe 12 and three last year, something like that. Yeah. It was, I, I steamrolled people to, to be kind. So, so going into this season, I'm definitely the odds on favorite again.
0: Yeah. I mean, is this, is this a home league or is this a league that, you know,
1: it It was a home league. Um, If, and something Doug Veach always used to say every now and then is something I've done a couple of times in this league because I kept winning trades. Every mm-hmm. time I would trade away a player, I would we're get these <laughs> I would get these young studs and people would hink trading with me because I, I knew who I was getting. Um so I, I did at one point have to dump a couple of trades to these guys. So just so that people were willing to deal with me a little bit more.
0: So this this is not exactly the reason I brought you on, but I am curious about it because I, I don't play in any home leagues. I am new to it, and everything I've joined has been off of Twitter. So obviously the people I'm playing with are people that, you know, follow things as closely as I do. When you're playing in a league, you know, like you said, that you're dominating, do the players that you're playing with not, like, wonder why you're dominating? Do they do they not pay attention as closely, or what, what causes that? They –
1: Last year, they didn't realize that I had started writing Dynasty Fantasy Football. Okay. And, and they didn't realize the level of depth I was getting into. so so they they weren't quite understanding what was happening. About halfway through the season, on the message board, there was actually a new message that came up and it said, at Tim NFL and then they shared the link to to an article I wrote and then everything started blowing up from there. They, Oh, we have a ringer in the league and everything else like that, which, which obviously I'm, I'm not trying to be a ringer. Other people have won the championship in that league. There are very good owners in that league as well, but I was kind of outed there.
0: Yeah. I've always like, I mean, that's just something I've, I've always wondered when you hear people talk about home leagues and you know, you hear obviously there's there's a difference there's a disconnect between yeah. just what a what a home league is and then a, a twitter league or whatever you would call it you know an online league and i'm, I'm always always curious as to the reaction when they you know like you said they, they found out that you're writing so
1: that, yeah that's last, interesting last year my redraft league halfway through the season uh the word started getting around that i wrote fantasy football and it was, it was a redraft, so obviously it wasn't dynasty, but the word started getting around. And the same thing that, oh, there's a ringer in the league. We have to we have to beat him and everything else. It was a church league, and I, <laughs> I won the championship there. And everyone said, well, if we're going to lose this someone, might as well be to, to someone who writes about it.
0: Yeah, obviously it was a well-earned loss by them. The only person that could beat them was you know, somebody that's spending <laughs> – <You know? laughs> yeah, somebody that comes home at night and watches tape. So uh, before you took that step, to the UTH league or UTH league, UTH podcast, you were a part of another podcast previously. Um, you know, this is the dynasty happy hour who we, we both liked, Chris and Tyler, you know, how did, how did that come about? And then how, what was the transition? Like, I, you know, I, I know they felt it when, when they lost you, but it was obviously, you know, something that was going to happen.
1: Right. Um, it, it's probably in my very early career in doing this and uh, I've never really specifically expressed it to them. So if they're listening, they might be hearing it for the first time. I I felt terrible. Um, the, everything fell the way it fell. Uh, initially when they had, we have a dynasty nerd staff, Twitter chat that we all kind of go back and forth on and they had the idea of starting a podcast. So we the three of us decided to go off on our own and and just start developing an idea and hopefully putting something together Uh, chad parsons actually helped me uh with some of the basic production and uh how how to set up a google hangout and record it and transition it everything like that so as soon as we got set up it was within the first episode or two um, that's when um, unfortunately, Doug left the UTH podcast, and I was invited on to the UTH podcast with Chad Parsons. Um, so I, I really wanted to be able to do both at the same time, but it was really hard. Um, I I do work a full-time job. I I. I my hours are up and down. I try to try to spend as much time with my wife and, and family as possible. I'm very busy on the weekends. So I knew I had a very tough decision to make. Um, so I did decide to transition to the co host on the UTH podcast. Uh, but once again, it was very hard to make that decision. Tyler and Chris are two um, very knowledgeable individuals. They are both extremely passionate about what they do in their podcast, and you can even see on Twitter how active they are with their own accounts and how active they are with the Happy Hour accounts. So, I, I just can't tell them how much I appreciate them welcoming me onto their, to their baby to start with, and how bad I felt initially when I had to step away from it.
0: Oh yeah, and that, that's I, I have already recorded with them on an ep for a future episode of this and oh yeah i mean they they obviously they 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 like i said you know they they felt the loss of you but they i i know they were they didn't express any hard feelings when we were talking about it i mean we were just talking about their podcast and the fact that it started out with you know all three of you and then you got pulled away so yeah um i mean that was you know it's that's the obvious obvious choice because the opportunity to, to join something like the uth
1: podcast that's not
0: going to come around often Um,
1: right and and like i like i had said when we first started and I had mentioned my initial journey into dynasty when I started listening to dynasty podcasts. U.T. under the under the helmet is where where I started listening, and to this day I still call under the helmet home. I, I do write for other sites, and uh, I respect everything that they do there. But where I developed my philosophy and how I value players and where my my philosophy comes from starts with UTH dynasty and under the helmet. So. So that move was was extremely natural for me.
0: So, what was that move like? Uh, like you said, you know, you were, I guess, you know, a fan of the site and the podcast prior to joining it. What's it like to step from listening to it to all of a sudden now you're the one being listened to on
1: it? It was really hard, especially when it was first announced that Katie and I were taking over, because I I am very alert. <laughs> to my surroundings uh i remember the first uh, first two weeks i would actually go search on twitter for uh doug's handle and i would see if anyone was reaching out to him just to say hey what's going on or anything like that just to see if anyone had a problem with the podcast and we definitely got some bad feedback initially and that's to be expected while chad katie and i all know each other we didn't really have the opportunity to develop any type of chemistry. It was, we were doing this and we had spoken kind of separately uh, on different podcasts from time to time, but we had never all three really been thrown into one arena and really had the opportunity to work off of each other. So I, I think really getting to work together the past couple of months has started building that chemistry. I think things are starting to flow much better than they were originally and I hope some of the people who maybe had a bad taste in their mouth about Doug leaving uh, will, will start to slowly come back. I I I know Doug and Chad both left on uh, parted ways on good terms. But at the same time, it it was very hard for me to go, like you said, from listening to a podcast and being kind of a fanboy of a podcast to being on it, and then I actually still go back and listen to it and try to critique myself uh, to see if there's anything I can be doing better.
0: Yeah, and so with the UTH podcast, obviously, (laughs) you guys take heat um, because you have a, a, a different view. Now, I'm not really interested in kind of like uh, the heat behind that, you know, not so worried about that. But uh, how do you typically react to it more so like, you know, I mean, I don't I don't truthfully understand that if somebody doesn't agree with it, well, who cares? Just don't listen. Um, I'm of the mindset. Like I said, I listen to everybody because that's how I get my information because I don't have the time to do it any other way. Um, Well, how how do you typically react when you get that kind of you know, re- reaction to the UTH way.
1: Yeah, it's originally when I first started into it, I I would sometimes get sucked into the arguments that would happen. Hey, Tim, this is what you're saying about this, but these four other things that are going on are completely different from what you're saying. It's really easy to get sucked into those type of conversations and those type of arguments. And something uh, Chad has kind of, Instilled in us kind of as we've started taking this journey on is that The worst thing you can do is to give a voice to the haters Um, You want to keep your message as positive and as clear as possible when you're when you're introducing other types uh, other people or other uh, Issues into your podcast it can really create issues So the best thing you can do is keep your message clear and as positive as possible and uh try to keep out the negative talk and you you just want what you're doing uh to be what's on the forefront yeah i i think that's
0: a great way to go about it because i'm glad that it you know obviously you guys continue to put out the work that you do and you know it, it gives it's an option for people to listen to and like i said if if people don't respect it then big deal just move on from it and You know, it's out there for those that want differing opinions because and that's what that's what listening to a lot of fantasy football stuff is about is just getting different opinions so that you can
1: help formulate your own. So um, and some something I'll add is that I I don't know if many people know this about Chad, but that is what he does. Um, He doesn't have another job. He doesn't have any type of outside career. Uh, He just finished up with the with the Army last year. And UTH Dynasty is in the Under the Helmet podcast. That's his baby. On the another topic, uh, you recently formed a
0: league. Now, have you commissioned <laughs> leagues in the past, or is this a, a new thing for you?
1: I have not. Uh, I... I dove into commissionership, if that is, if that is a word, I so. uh, actually, actually twice. Um, I, I formed a dynasty nerd staff league, and then I wanted to dip my toe into Devi, so I took it to the extreme and I made a twelve team super flex Devi league.
0: So, what brought about the? Uh, you know, y- you've been playing now, like you said, I think since two thousand eight, so eight years. And you've been writing, you've been super involved uh it's to me it seems strange that you would have waited this long to actually commission a league. What made you decide now is the time I want to commission a league
1: right i I've been in dynasty for about four four or five years really hardcore, and I say that because that's when i've Joined mfl and everything like that. So i've i've just never had the opportunity people have always randomly asked me Hey, do you want to join a league? Hey, this is something we're doing. Would you like to join? So this year? I wanted to actually go out and ask someone. Would you like to join my league? and it went with a lot of trials and tribulations and a lot of learn-as-you-go because it It's not as easy as just asking someone do you want to join my my league there there's a lot of there's a lot of personalities that that get involved in a lot of things that i wasn't expecting when i first started into the journey yeah it
0: forming a league is uh it's an experience like no other uh shameful plug you did reach out to justin on commish talk uh you know that was one of the questions he posted on his commish panel on basically how to form a league which when we got that question, I think the response from all of us to Justin was, "You really want just like like there there could be websites about this. You really want us to try and limit this answer, and it is a, it is a very unique challenge. Um, what were some of the unique aspects that you did face in doing that? You know, something maybe that you didn't expect to have to
1: do uh, that you weren't prepared for, maybe. Uh, one of the first things I'll say is I I'm a pretty." Uh, Pretty visual person on social media as far as uh, Twitter goes. So people, people see my name and I decided to just randomly put out there, hey, I'm forming a league. Would you like to join? And I was barraged <laughs> with people saying, yeah, I'll join, I'll join, I'll join. Um, so it was one of those things where I, I didn't realize I'd have to tell people, no, no. I, didn't think, <laughs> I didn't think there would be that much interest in being in a league with me. So, so it was a very humbling experience. I, I was really excited about the response, but I also felt, once again, I felt terrible that I had to tell someone no, that I wasn't able to, to have them in that league.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's why Scott now has his league up to four hundred and eighty for the uh, for the SFB. You know, <laughs> shameless A- plug.
1: Shameless plug there. Uh, last year, I did come in four overall in the SFB, three hundred and sixty. Really? I did four overall. Oh well.
0: All right. Podcast stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got any notes? The scoring system is. Obviously, unique in that league. Scott doesn't do anything that's not crazy and unique. Um, Did you go with when you were doing this? You know, as a commissioner, did you set the scoring yourself? Did you reach out to others? Did you just follow up? You know, a a certain platform, or did you know? How did you choose? That's a big decision because that affects basically how the league ends up going.
1: Right. I'll I'll talk about the superflex Devi one because that one was a little bit more unique. Uh, I I didn't want to make all the decisions by myself because since I, brought, I did bring in a group of owners that were pretty well-versed in fantasy football, I wanted to make sure that we all were all in agreement. So what I did was I actually put up polls uh, that I said, based off of these polls, the majority rules is what we, were, we will go with. So, for example, we went with how many points per passing touchdown, so six or four. We end up going with four. Uh, did we want to do any special point per carry, PPR, anything like that? We did go PPR. It was four point per passing touchdown. I didn't want to get too crazy in terms of Devi or anything like that. We did end up allowing three Debbie per team and those Debbie rights were tradable. So it, there were a lot of little, little strategy points that you could put in. Um, it, the way the league turned out quarterbacks, as you would expect in Superflex, went really early. Uh, probably by the start of the seventh round, even Alex Smith was gone. Um, Don't bash Alex Smith and two QB, super fun. <laughs> he, he's, he's the way to go in that, in that, in that, uh, that platform. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, looking back on my team, I actually have, I have a really nice core of quarterbacks. I have four starters, five starters. Wow. And then I also have Mike Lennon so that, strong yeah so uh, when most other teams have one maybe two i i have four or five strong ones that people are going to be coming to me for so i'll be able to set the trade market more than other teams will because i can give up that value and i i don't think i'm that far off from competing year one because i do have quality pieces like uh running back i i went extremely late with the Jonathan Stewart, Frank Gore type of plugins that can be in there year one just to fill in space. Those order running backs that you usually get around around eighteen through twenty, but uh, I have really nice five to six wide receivers and plenty of quarterbacks.
0: So now, did you uh, did did you get into get to get into any of the super fun commissioner uh, jobs that you've yet to experience? Did you get to collect any money yet?
1: Yes, uh, that was actually uh, a little bit of a hot topic because there was one person that was in the uh, the Dynasty Nerd staff league, and there was one person who was in the the same person was in the Devi Superflex, and uh, he hadn't paid on either one of them yet, and we had already completed both drafts. Oh no! So, and he had traded all the way out until two thousand eighteen picks. In both leagues, so um, luckily he he came through, and everything 's uh, up, up now, but it was just one of those awkward conversations you have to have where no this is this is something we have to take care of now so i I feel i, I didn 't feel bad, but i it was one of those awkward conversations, like a manager of a business you don 't want to have to have those talks with someone and i 'm in human resources, so I get to have those awkward talks all the time
0: it's the most uneasy position to be in and owners do me a favor pay your dues make every commissioner's job so much easier because unfortunately when people don't pay the commissioners don't care about your 25 50 whatever the entry fee is you just have to do it because we have to take it so that it's there and ready Right,
1: and, and I made the decision to use League Safe. Uh, people actually gave me a hard time in the Dynasty Nerd's League uh, because they said, "Oh, you're not going to make off with my money or anything like that." I I know you're you're good for it, but it was one of those things that I had a peace of mind because they had a peace of mind. Yeah, you're you're confident that that I'm not going to make off with your money for sure now because League Safe isn't going to let me make off with your money. So it was just one of those things. I I understand that people may have some, some misconception. Yeah. may some qualms. Perfect word (laughs) about paying the what? 75 cents or whatever it is for to have to (laughs) use league safe, but it's worth it. It, It's totally worth it.
0: Yeah. I I haven't used it yet because I haven't formed any type of an online league yet. Uh, and I'm hoping that if I do, like you said, people will trust people would have trusted you, you you have more to lose than what you would gain by walking away with you know one year's worth of unless you're playing some super high stakes but I'm, I'm assuming it's not some super high stakes league so it was
1: twenty five dollar buy-in so yeah. it was wasn't anything too over the top and that's the other thing um never worth I, never worth taking. I, when, I, when I formed the Dynasty Nerds League, and again, when I formed the Devi League, I went into it saying, I don't want to do a super high buy-in. I hope people come to this with, with an open mind, even if they haven't done too much of a super flex league before, that they'll come to it with an open mind, willing to learn and not take advantage of the situation.
0: So, so, have you done Superflex, or is this a, a new venture as well for
1: you? I have. I, I've done okay. plenty of Superflex before. Okay. Um, I had one other Superflex Devi, and it wasn't anywhere near this deep. Uh, it was only twelve Devi go go off the board every year. So, just some of the names off of the top that would go like Ezekiel Elliott or something like that, and there was plenty of value coming through on on the on the following drafts. So. By this one having three Devi in it that means 36 total players are going to be off the board come the 2017 and future classes it, it, it's just interesting how we set up the rules mm-hmm. because three go in this draft but as they come off next year so whoever comes out in the 2017 class that's how many replenish are the Debbie list to get us back up to 36 and they can be drafted at any point during the, the rookie draft. So people think that rookie picks are devalued because of the Debbie players going where really they still hold a significant amount of value because you can still draft Debbie players.
0: Yeah. I'm, I have dipped my toe into the Debbie pool, even only very slightly. And it's, it's Yeah. Oh yeah. So to move on back, move on back to kind of where we were talking about before I keep
1: taking this off course. Oh
0: no, no, no. I don't mind. I, I I could talk about leagues. (laughs) That's that was the initial, the initial thing that I started this podcast with was just to talk about leagues because I find leagues fascinating. Uh, so I, I love that and, uh, we'll get back to it, but I definitely want to make sure that I pose my next question for you. Um, because it, it's it's really the the main reason that I reached out to have you on. Uh, because I wanted to, you know, talk about the reaction that you've had from the community in a positive way. Because I, I think the reaction is impressive and I, I thought the article was also impressive. Uh, you wrote an article about your dad and obviously has nothing to do with football. But when you posted that, like I, I saw it and I read it and I I don't know if I've really ever Talk to you at all on Twitter. If I have, it obviously wasn't about anything personal, but you know, if you want to go into that article at all, or at least, you know, the reaction by the community about that.
1: Yeah. Um, it it was really hard to write. And even as I'm sitting here thinking back to it, I, I start to get a little bit teary eyed. Uh, my mother always says I'm a lot like my father. And, uh, if anyone doesn't know or have hasn't read the article, my father has Alzheimer's uh, he was diagnosed at a very early age. Uh, he's only 61 years old, so um, very young, very young age for that. And he was, he's been disabled uh, because of back issues since he was probably about 57, 58. Um, so it's very hard for me to see a man that is probably one of the nicest and most uh, caring men that I've ever known in my life to kind of deteriorate in front of me. Um, and then I also think back to the opportunities I missed growing up. Uh, like I mentioned, I my dad, when he – I didn't say it before, but when he is lucid, uh, he has made comments about, I never watched football or baseball with him when I was younger, and now I do it all the time. Uh, it's kind of hard to think back to – times I was playing video games or reading comic books or outside playing with friends uh that I could have sat down and watched a football game with him or I could have learned more about him and it's hard to see someone that you care about that much uh start to start to slip away and I even mentioned it this week on the Under the Helmet podcast that uh, this weekend. He, ha- he did have a rough weekend. Uh, it, it's just, once again, um, a person who has been so caring and so outgoing throughout their whole life um, start, to, start to deteriorate in front of you. And I know my mother even broke down. It was a couple of weeks ago. She had told me how much uh, I remind her of my father because we look so much alike in it's just hard to hear.
0: And what was the reaction um, that you've got gotten
1: from people after writing that? Yeah, it was it was really positive reaction. Um, people people did read it, um, and I I always make the disclaimer when I go on those type of tangents that I, I don't just write about fantasy football. Sometimes I'll go off topic a little bit and talk about my life, and it was probably one. I, I am proud to say it was probably one of my most well-received articles that I've had. People reached out to me and said, I felt the passion. I felt what you're really feeling as I read it. Um, I just wanted to reach out and give you a hug or something like that. It was, it, and people would say that they're there for me if I ever needed to talk. And and that's, it's great to hear and there's so many negative thoughts out there in the dynasty community or fantasy football community people giving each other a hard time about whether it's philosophy or or whatever they may do it's it's good that you can kind of bring that back in a little bit
0: yeah and uh, so
1: I did not tell you why
0: it actually reached me in the way that it did but my grandma is struggling with that um very much right now she's on a rapid decline unfortunately so when i saw your article and i was like oh that's you know kind of interesting that's a fantasy football writer writing about something else and i mean i when i read it i i i knew what you were going through i i've seen that not i I actually did watch a lot of games with my grandmother every opening day for the Reds, the reds opening day is a holiday in cincinnati and that's a day that I've spent with my grandmother for years. Not so much recently because of her health. And to peel, but peel back a little further, um, the reason that <laughs> I, I had hoped to have you on a while back, and my mom actually called me and said, you know, you probably need to go see Grandma. So the day that I was supposed to originally record this with you, I, I, you know, canceled that because I had to, wanted to go see her. And of course, then I got a message from her later in the day saying, Crammel's having a really bad day. Like today's not a good day. So when you say, you know, had a bad weekend, I I know exactly what you mean. So that's why, unfortunately I had to be flip floppy with the, the, uh, the schedule. I, I eventually knew that you would understand and, and you were, you were very accommodating for that. And so, you know, I really appreciate you sharing that article, um, it, it, it's important, and I am so glad that you've gotten so much positive reaction to it. It's, it is it is one of the very, very neat things about this crazy little Twitter <laughs> fantasy world that we live in. Uh, it, it is weird to think that, you know, I have no idea who you are. I don't, I mean, I don't know you, and you don't know me, but when I read that, I like you said, somebody reached out and said, you know, they wanted to give you a hug, and that that is the feeling that that article elicited. So I appreciate you writing it. So thank you for doing that.
1: Yeah, I and and I, I feel your pain so much when, when you say bad weekend, just like I said it, because you. I'm sure you have such fond memories of your grandmother, just like I have fond memories of my father. And it's hard to see them in that different uh, frame of mind. Uh, where is. you know, it's not the same person that they were. And, nope. and also how, what kind of toll that takes on the rest of the family. Yep. It
0: is uh give your, give your mother a hug, <laughs> give, <laughs> give her, give her lots and lots of hugs. So yeah, I, that was, uh, you know, that, that was the impetus for me saying, Oh my gosh, I, I have to, I have to talk to Tim because <laughs> one, he shared this story and, then, you know, when you, when you told me that you've gotten positive reactions for it, I wanted to make sure that that story was told. And I actually, actually listened to the UTH today. And, uh, when you, when you did say that, I, I just kind of had to stop and have a little moment at work and just kind of, you know, have a little moment and just think just because when you, when you said bad weekend, I knew exactly, knew exactly what you meant. And so I, I feel you there. And, uh, you know, again, appreciate you putting that out there. I, I think it's great when people put something personal out there into a community that is based on fantasy football and, uh, and, and get that kind of reaction. So that is a positive. So I am glad for that. Now, but uh, we will move on to some, some lighter topics, <laughs> but before we get there, is there uh, anything else that we missed with any of your leagues that you've run that, you know, you, Any lessons you've learned in that or anything that you've learned from, you know, stepping into the shoes and filling in or filling them?
1: I will say the big thing that you have to avoid, and it's very similar to a topic I brought up earlier, is when people have disagreements the worst thing you can do if someone's calling you out specifically is to add fuel to the fire. Uh, the best thing you can do is stay calm, try to answer questions the best you can. Uh, if something's not in the bylaws, then uh, do the best you can to add it to a league vote. Um, I specifically had an issue this past, uh, off season where it was that Debbie Superflex league. I was just telling you about where we had our rookie draft. The, commissioner made the choice to make all players available in the rookie draft. Uh, he didn't click the button that said rookies only. And, (laughs) and I drafted Chris Hogan, uh, the, the New England Patriots wide receiver in the rookie draft. And you would have thought that I had punched someone in the throat. The way people were reacting. (laughs) And I specifically referenced the bylaws and I said, there's nothing in the bylaws that say that this is a rookie only draft. There's nothing that says here, I can't take a veteran or a free agent. So I did. He, he reversed the pick. There was no vote, no poll, no anything like that. He immediately reversed the pick and I had to, um, and I had to repick my guy. Um, So it was one of those things where I, and he handled it in a public manner, instead of just coming to me directly and saying, hey, this is, this is how it works. This is what we're going to do one on one. Instead, he chose to handle it in a very public setting when I first saw that I chose to handle it in a very public setting (laughs) back and tell him and reference the bylaws and tell him if you wanted the league set up this way, then you should have, you should have been a better commissioner (laughs) and he didn't handle it very well.
0: Oh, Uh, just wait until you get to be on the other side of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So so I, I definitely learned from that experience being on one side of it that uh adding fuel to the fire definitely wasn't the best situation um and i did personally ask him afterwards if if there are ever any direct issues with me if he could make them uh private i, I say that no matter what lee gets in uh if there's a trade that's happening at least run it by me if i'm okay putting something like that out there I, I, while i'm on the podcast uh, with, on under the helmet, and I do dynasty nerds and everything else like that. I do like to keep certain things private, so at least run it past me, and make sure I'm okay putting something like that out there. Yeah, I, I think approaching
0: something like that one on one with the owner, and then obviously fill you gotta have to fill the whole league in eventually. Right, um, but I, I, I definitely I can't think. I don't think I've really come into too many situations where I've had to deal with anything like that because I'm only in leagues with a bunch of friends at this point. Um, and quite frankly, if, uh, if I'm finding an issue, it it would probably have been pointed out by somebody else. Uh, but anytime that I have had to do something, I mean, you do have to, everybody has to be filled in, but there's definitely a, there's a balancing act to not being offensive to an owner to the point where right. they're going to, you don't want them walking away or being upset uh but at the same time you also don't want anybody thinking there's underhand anything underhanded going on. Now, granted, yeah, uh, I, I think you probably would have lost that vote anyways, even if you would have <laughs> put it up to a vote.
1: It no doubt in my mind.
0: <laughs> probably would have been 13 or uh, if it was a 12-person league, I'm guessing 11 to 1. So um all righty. Well, we've we've got just a few questions uh that that hopefully will lead to some fun answers. So like you said, you know, you do obviously listen back to the UTH podcast. I'm assuming you listen to Dynasty Nerds as well because you write for them. Uh, are there any other podcasts that
1: as soon as it comes out,
0: that one's got to be
1: listened to? Uh, Dynasty Playbook with uh, Ty- with Tyler and Drew. That is number one on my list. That is a must listen as soon as it comes out. Um, I listen to the Dynasty pl- Blueprint And uh, during redraft season, this isn't a popular opinion, but I do listen to the ESPN fantasy focus one. And that's just because my mind is so much in dynasty fantasy football all of the time that it's good to refocus myself on kind of the basics and that I don't want to be four or five steps ahead, maybe just one or two. (laughs) (laughs) versus (laughs) <laughs> versus <laughs> versus my league mates, so so I try not to outthink myself in that situation. And a shout out to a uh, to a podcast that is from someone I went to high school with. It's called the Cursed Podcast. They are an Ohio-based podcast that talks about Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Indians, uh, all the Cleveland-based teams. So uh, that's with Kyle Dunlap and Robbie Patterson. Uh, they do a really good job too. All
0: right. Well, they'll. Have, I don't know that they'll see a bump from you know being, being a shout out on mine, but hey, maybe they'll get one extra listener. I'll I'll give it a shot. I'll give. I listen. I listen to. The they're they're much. fun.
1: <laughs> I, I will say that uh, they've invited me on. I've been on there once. I will be on a couple of extra times as we get closer to fantasy football season, just as kind of a reference for them.
0: Well, I will. That that'll have to be the episode I tune into because I'm. <laughs> I am a major Cincinnati fan, so I have no interest in Cleveland sports at all. Uh, so,
1: so as a Cincinnati fan, sorry to throw it off,
0: thrills, no, go for just for it.
1: One, Andy Dalton, fan, not a I, fan? I love him. I uh, love
0: Andy Dalton because guess what? I lived through the years of Dave Klingler, Achilles Smith. I'm not saying he's the greatest from a fantasy perspective. From a reality perspective, and I, I have this argument with so many of my friends, relatives, every other Bengals fan that think he's terrible because he's never won a playoff game. And I say to them, Do you not remember what it was like before Carson Palmer? Yeah. It, it wasn't it wasn't they can't win a playoff game, it was they can't win they can't a win. game. So he there's is, a reason
1: you had the number one pick to take Carson Palmer. That is,
0: yes. And then there's a reason that we got Dalton because we gave up Palmer, uh, you know, after yeah. his retirement and thank you, Hugh Jackson for giving us that trade and, <laughs> and bringing us AJ green and Andy Dalton. Cause I think the Bengals they're, they're getting to the playoffs is the first step. Now. Yeah. They do have to get past it. And there are so many people in this city frustrated with him, but when you ask them, who would you rather them have, you know, there's not a lot of NFL quarterbacks they would want in, an, you know, above them. And my biggest argument with people is, do you think you'd rather have Matt Ryan or Philip Rivers or Matt Stafford? And they all immediately say, "Well, yeah," just as a knee-jerk reaction. But if you actually follow those teams, those quarter that, like, what have they achieved? I, I mean, people don't understand. There's Tom Brady. There's Peyton Manning, there's Ben Roethlisberger. Like, these are huge quarterbacks. Right. You know, no, Andy Dalton is not one of them. But he's not he, he's not RG3 in Cleveland, you know, yeah. uh, hoping for something. So I will continue to root for Andy Dalton. And I, I actually have a standing bet with my neighbor on who wins a playoff game first, Andy Dalton or Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> I was sweating it last year. Oh, that missed kick was so fantastic. <laughs> so uh, that, that saved me some money. But, uh, I mean, again, Teddy Bridgewater, I don't like, I mean, he's not, <laughs> I, I don't see him as that, you know, as head and shoulders better than Dalton. Honestly, I would rather have Dalton just because he's a little bit more experienced at this point for just reality football. <laughs> I'd probably rather him in fantasy as well. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Dalton?
1: I, I've never been a Dalton fan, but what, your your argument is completely right. Probably the only guy that would immediately come to mind that they would have had a shot on recently would be like a, a Derek Carr, uh, the guy from Oakland. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm with you on Teddy. Uh, I'm, I, I like what he can do. He's young, but he doesn't have that much. It's not like he has a bigger arm than Andy Dalton that he's no. going to – that he's gonna cut through the air. I I, I do like Derek Hart, but uh, I completely agree with what you're saying. What what are you gonna go out and sign, uh, Osweiler? I mean, oh my lord. lord! For that much
0: money too, and <laughs> then have.
1: I mean, seriously, like that's
0: that was he was the prize of this. We could bring Ryan Fitzpatrick back, but guess what? Bengals fans didn't like him when he was here. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Probably uh, the only guy going into next off season, if. If Dalton does crap the bed now that Hugh Jackson's gone, I probably wouldn't mind if they took a shot on like a Mike Glennon coming out of Tampa Bay or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean he he probably is the one, but I don't think they'll ever, ever sign a free agent quarterback. I don't that's no. just not that's not the Bengals. No. <laughs> way. They'll no. they'll draft somebody there. I mean, honestly, AJ McCarron, I don't I don't dislike him but I sure as heck don't want him playing in front of Dalton right now, no, unless Dalton no, so, and
1: yeah. I'll say the Bengals have a really nice roster, top to bottom. It's it's such, an, such a well-rounded roster, and re-signing Geo, uh, I think, I said that. more. Love that. They didn't overpay for him, yeah. and I think it also says what they think about Jeremy Hill long-term there.
0: Yeah, and I, I like Mohamed Sanu, and I like Marvin Jones, but for the money that they got, I was happy to see them go happy for them that they got paid so much money. Very happy that Bengals didn't say we're going to spend this much money on it. So yeah, it's, it is amazing to actually say the Bengals have a deep roster and it's amazing to hear that, especially when it's like, you know, you hear that on like national media. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It, it makes me a little scared that all of a sudden they're all going to get hurt or something. <laughs> I don't but uh
1: so um, let's see, what about favorite sports video game? I will say to this day, my favorite sports video game is the GameCube uh, Madden 2007, the one with uh, Sean Alexander on it. <laughs> For some reason, that is still my favorite Madden game that I've ever played. It's right before the graphics started getting so realistic that you thought they were real players. But but still fun enough that you could do like the... I, I always loved the training camps. And I always relate it back to Dynasty because some years I would just go to franchise mode and skip through... And I would tinker around with the draft and just take the guys with the best speed or strength on, on the offensive line. And I would have this insane offensive line with like 60 speed and 99 strength uh, offensive linemen and 99 speed wide receivers on the outside just torching people for 100 points. That is every everybody
0: that I've talked to that's a big time dynasty player doesn't care about playing games in Madden.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the draft. Yes. <laughs> so
0: that's uh that is a, a common theme to And that's to even
1: before I started playing fantasy football, I would do that.
0: Yeah, I go back to Super Tech and Bowl. That's what we used to you could set it up where you could, you know, you basically know what the other team was playing and that was that was I liked that game. That was I was I'm probably a little bit older than you, I'm guessing.
1: i I don't remember the name of it it was either on the sega genesis or the super nintendo but it was this baseball game that had robots in it i i don't remember the name of it but i just remember you being able to like there was a robot and he would shoot like a baseball out of his arm i want to say it was on the on just the regular nintendo but that that was always a favorite of mine too
0: that sounds familiar, but the, we always played RBI when we did ba- when we wanted a baseball game. It was RBI baseball. I I think was the name of the one that we always tended to play.
1: But uh, base wars. The name of the game was base wars. Base wars.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever did play that, but that sounds like a fun game. <laughs>
1: Check it. Out. Just watch like a YouTube video on it. Corniest game in the world, but I used to love it.
0: We always played. I'd never, I also never, I never, I've never watched a hockey game on TV in my entire life. I've gone to some and live, they're kind of fun, but oh my God, if you whipped out Blades of Steel right now, I could play it all night. <laughs> that was, that was a, I, I, for some reason that hockey game had me and all my friends addicted Blades of Steel, but all right, final, final one. So you could choose any game show past or present to go on which game show would you want to be a a participant on and why
1: family feud with Steve Harvey? I love that guy. He is hilarious. The questions he asks and the answers that people give back, I would say the most inappropriate answers. (laughs) I, I would curse on that show and say something that made his jaw drop. It just cracks me up every time I watch it.
0: Your episode would never air. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Probably.
0: Uh, oh, I think they, they could they could reach out to the dynasty community and set up a pretty good family <laughs> feud. I have a feeling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you think they could have a UTH team, and there might be some other people <laughs>
1: lining up. Oh, to I'm, I'm sure there would be plenty of people lining up to to go on the other side of that one.
0: Uh, that would be maybe not the most watched episode, but the people that watched it would really, really love that episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, um, I, I do appreciate you joining me. You want to uh, give a little rundown again where everybody can find you and follow you.
1: Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Tim NFL. I do write over at DynastyNerds.com. I write and co-host a podcast. UTH Dynasty uh, is the name of the website, and the podcast is under the helmet. And you can find some of my draft coverage and soon-to-be-redraft work at FantasyWire.com.
0: How, how weird is that to go from that like shift in mentality of writing Dynasty articles, Dynasty articles, Dynasty articles, and then all of a sudden, i got to write a redraft article?
1: This will be my first season. The, okay. this, is, this is my first season with Fantasy Wired, so I've, I've got to get used to it. I, I do a waiver wire column with the Dynasty nerds during the, during the Dynasty year. So this is going to be a really big transition to do a waiver wire column that doesn't include guys like Jalen Strong or <laughs> so, so, Ryan Griffin, something like that. So do you have somebody set the edit
0: for you to say, um, Tim, this is a Dynasty pick, not a redraft pick. Take this one out.
1: Yeah, I the the person over at Dynasty Nerds uh, would do that a couple of times saying, hey, you need to go a little bit deeper than that. And the guy over at Fantasy Wired that I talk with, he's he does give me feedback on all of my articles. He, he was a big fan of my work, though. That's good. That's good. Well, uh, as for me,
0: everybody out there, you can interact with me. I am at EmpireFFL. If you have any questions, comments for the show, you can email to Pod at gmail. Uh, always appreciate retweets of the episodes. That actually, I think, helps grow this show more than anything else. So if you, you know, you can always go to my page, and the most recent episode will always be pinned up there. I always appreciate a retweet of that just – the more eyes that see it, the more ears that listen, and hopefully the more people that end up participating in this. So uh, I'll always take, you know, obviously subscribe, rate, review, all.